welcome to the Loomer Roundtable podcast where we pick one album. We focus on that album for a month and then we come together at the end of the month and discuss it as a group. Yeah. Uh, today, I've already gone through our guests, but I'll do it again for the intro. Today, we have with us Maddie and Justin from Winkler <laughs> out of Boston and Nikki and Brady from my college radio days calling in from Wisconsin. Hello. Um, thank you, everybody, for, for being here today. I appreciate it. Um, and I'm Karina Abbott. I'm calling in from Orlando today. Um, Henry, my faithful sidekick, couldn't be with us today, but mm. appreciate you, buddy. Today, the album, or this month, the album was Rain Dogs by Grammy Award-winning American songwriter Tom Waits. Yeah. Um, Rain Dogs was the second of a trilogy of albums he put out after switching labels in 1983 in um, getting a little bit more creative freedom back. And it's the first, the first of the trilogy is called Shortfish Trump, Trombones, that's a tongue twister. Um, it was described as junkyard orchestral deviation and not received as well at first because of how stark of a difference it was from his earlier folk stuff. Um, Waits influences include show tunes, blues, hillbilly music, swing, R&B, and folk, to name a few. He was exposed to a lot over the radio growing up in San Diego in the 50s and 60s before moving to LA. Um, and he taught himself guitar and piano as a teenager and started performing around San Diego as like a folk artist. Um, this trilogy was very important transitional period for him beginning with that label switch in 1983. Um, followed by Rain Dogs and Frank's in 1985, and then Frank's Wild Years is the third of the trilogy that he put out in 1987. The experimentation on these really propelled his music into the area of interest for like post-punk and indie rock audiences. And his next album, Bone Machine in 1992, won him his first Grammy for best alternative album. That's my spiel. Awesome. <laughs> so I loved it. Yeah, Winkler picked the album this month. And I'd love to hear about what the thought process was for for the album pick because you guys like put some thought into it. I hear. Yeah, yeah, we did. We sat down one day and we were just like going through our Spotify, like all the stuff we have saved on our Spotify's, and we were like writing down a bunch of albums. We had like ten albums written down, mm -hmm. and we were gonna like pick out of a hat because we were like we have so much stuff that we would want to do. And then like the last album <laughs> I threw out was like, what if we did Rain Dogs? And we literally were like sitting and we put it <laughs> we on. Got, we got rid of all the other <laughs> potential albums. Yeah, we just were like, what if we did Rain yeah. Dogs? And we like put it on. We were listening to it. And we were like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so then we were just like, no, let's do Rain Dogs. Screw yeah. the hat. Let's just do it. Screw the hat. We're doing rain. Yeah, dogs. we're doing rain dogs. Um, and I think like Justin was a Tom Waits fan, and I had listened to Rain Dogs a couple times for school, and we were both pretty intrigued by him. So we were just like instantly like drawn to the idea of doing rain dogs. Yeah. I'd never listened to like an album that had frightened me as much as it entertained <laughs> me, but I still really enjoyed it. And it's so groovy in like all these different ways that yeah. you wouldn't expect. And it goes on such a weird arc yeah. and it shouldn't be as intriguing as it is, but we listened <laughs> to it. I think at one point we listened to it four times in one <laughs> night because we had it on Spotify and it got to the end and it started over and we were like, maybe another, I don't know, just another time all the way through, <laughs> through Rain Dogs. Um, yeah, but it, it 
took some thought, but once we came to it, and it's also just something that's so unique that like we, it, we thought about picking an album that we already loved, but we thought it might be better to try to find something that we were intrigued by and wanted to know more about or like dive deeper into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's a freak. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's great. Yeah. I genuinely, I've, the only time I heard of Tom Waits was on the last, one of the last round tables we did in December. Um, mm. We did an album by Trudy and the Romance from Liverpool and Nikki. And then one of the guys from the other band we were talking to, We Are the Trees, um, D, they both brought up Tom Waits as a comparison. And I didn't get it at the time. I didn't get the reference at the time. I was like, okay, interesting. I've not heard any of Tom Waits music. And then listening to this album, I was like, I get it. <laughs> and honestly like when I brought up Tom Waits I was like yeah they're kind of the same vibe but I'd never listened to one of Tom Waits albums like before mm -hmm. listening to Rain Dogs he was too much for me like I didn't get it yeah so this album was like the first time I really felt like I understood Tom Waits music yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah but yeah I I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know what this was going to sound like. I had like, no <laughs> I guess maybe I did think it was going to be a little bit more folky. And then I put it on and it's like wild and like loud and not, not at all what I expected. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Brady, what did you, did you have any initial expectations? Um, I've listened to a bit of Tom Waits, or I had before this. Never this album, actually, but, okay. like, one time, just on a whim, I was like, that's a name I know, and I remember someone recommended him to me in high school, and so I jumped in somewhere in the middle of his discography, probably, like, around the Rain Dogs era, mm -hmm. and high school me was like, this is awful, and I didn't listen to him again. <laughs> yeah. um, I did not get it whatsoever. Um now that I'm a bit older, I do. But yeah, so I listened to his first couple albums, which are like much more heavily like in the, the folk ballad territory. And yeah. it's interesting going on to uh, this sort of time in his releases where it mostly is a lot more experimental and noisy and gritty, but a lot of that sensibility is still there, even if it's not... Um, even if it's not uh, uh, on his sleeve, like in the song Time, like that one's really straightforward in, in that yep. sense. But even when, uh, I don't know, reading about how some of the songs were made, he says like, we banged a two by four on some, on a dresser for the percussion. Yeah, It's like, <laughs> despite him doing just wacky things like that, um, there's always some really uh, well, surprisingly well glued together sense of musicianship yeah um, yeah that's yeah. like we were talking about that a little bit too where like the instrumentation is crazy like he does some crazy shit but it all like fits the style and like whatever the song is it like it all sounds really uh polished yeah like yeah. it's still really like even though it sounds pretty ugly like a lot of times and it's like gritty and weird it's still like really beautifully arranged yeah and he, he you can tell that he had like a lot of thought went into the way that he was arranging all this stuff because nothing sounds out of place. It all sounds like it should be there, but it's like, it's just, it's like, you're not, I don't think we're used to hearing music that isn't like pretty. Mm. 
And I also think it would be really easy to try to do this and do it wrong yeah. and miss the mark. But like about trying to make music that makes people uncomfortable or something. But if you listen Absolutely. to, yeah, yeah, right. I think it's also interesting that this is the album. Well, wait, was it this album or the one before that? That was the break from the... The one, be the one before, Swordfish Trombones is the one that he changed labels and put that out. Right, 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 right. I think it's, yeah, it's so cool because if you listen to earlier Tom Waits to see maybe what kind of pressure like being on a big label has on an artist, then when you have that freedom, like you can really explore. I think that's kind of where he was getting to with the album before, with the Swordfish Trombone and then like really got into maybe yeah. here. I read somebody say like, that they hear a lot of people think that Tom Waits is making music for himself on this album, but mm. I thought they had a kind of interesting take on it. Like now you can really hear him like almost like laughing in the background, like, oh, this is really gonna scare the, like my listeners when they hear me scream at the beginning of this song. Yeah. Um, and I think it really also is a testament to how incredible the musicians around him at the time were um, for being able to take direction from him when he's just like, I want it to be like, kind of like this. And I'm just picturing him like dancing around a studio yeah. <laughs> and then they can make something out of it. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, we were, Maddie and I were just talking. I don't know if you guys have tried to listen to it today but on Spotify, I can't yeah. find it. Yeah, it's just gone today. I found a Reddit thread that was saying, like, at least in North America, it's gone. If you're in Europe, it's fine. But Weird. it's happened I... another time in the last year. They heard, yeah, they yeah. heard we were doing this. And whenever Tom Waits <laughs> figures out people are talking about rain dogs, he... <laughs> yeah. Like an hour ago, I went to, like, listen to it, like, one last time. And I, like... I couldn't find it. And I was like, did I make this up? Like, yeah. does this album even exist? Or is this like a fucking fever dream? Yeah. I was like, have I not been listening to this album for the past like month? Oh my God. I was like, I had to text us to be like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Where is Rain Dogs? <laughs> I know I texted Brady like, is our internet out or what happened? Oh, yeah. So weird. I, yeah, I was trying to pull up the track list and I couldn't find it on Spotify. So I just had to pull up the YouTube. It's like on YouTube. Yeah, that's, that's what I used. I was listening but to it. That's literally so funny because I swear that it was there at yesterday. least two weeks ago or something. Yesterday. Like when I listened to it, it was on Spotify. And now mm -hmm. it's not. Crazy. So, it's a weird guy. theory. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you've listened to it enough. Get your ass to a record store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's also an interesting point is you can so clearly tell where the B-side begins yeah. on the record because... It's like the last two songs on the first side are like so boring. It. It's like the most boring <laughs> song. Oh, he went on like a drunken tirade and then he went home for a nap. Yeah, and I, I forgot about A side and B side. Boring yeah. songs. And then the second side, I'm pretty sure, starts Let with me... Rain Dogs. I didn't I do it right. It's like time and then. Yeah, and it gets right back. Yeah. That song sucks. No. Oh, wait, there's some. I, some of some of the upbeat of the uh, happy ones are like pretty slow. Yeah. But some of them are nice though. Um, Time is fine, I guess. But oh, you know what I like is the very last song, "Anywhere I Lay in My Head." That's the, like the soft song that I like. Yeah. That was my favorite. That was a really good one. I, I saw a YouTube comment this morning actually that said it's basically <laughs> like a New Orleans funeral 
um, yeah. where you're at the funeral and it's sad. And then you go back into town and they're like playing upbeat jazz. Well, that's mm. that actually, that makes sense because in um, Tango Till They're Sore, he talks about how he wants to be brought down to New Orleans and buried in New Orleans oh, and have yeah. a party. That's, that's true. true. So that kind of, that, that, that yeah, makes that sense. Tracks, definitely. Oh, yeah. That's oh, so just, funny. Yeah. It's such a specific like thing, and yeah, <laughs> a funeral in New Orleans. But yeah, he wants. That's what he wants. <laughs> well, I think in New Orleans, usually funerals are like a huge party, More and like the a party. Like, huge jazz band come, and they essentially like when they're taking when the pallbearers take your casket out. There's like a jazz band behind them, and they're playing like as they take you to the cemetery or whatever mausoleum what i heard was nightmare before christmas (laughs) the uh you know the boogeyman song oh my god yeah Yeah. that makes total sense i mean brady didn't you say like he reminds you of a disney villain yeah that's exactly what i said (laughs) yeah yeah, it's like the frog too Two-thirds yes. of Disney villains Absolutely. are trying to be Tom Waits. Yeah, seriously. Okay, wait, hold on. I think that you're definitely onto something. Uh um, wait, I think he did something for Shrek too. Yeah. Oh, did he really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a song in the, when they're in the bad guy bar at in Shrek 2, and it's Tom Waits. It's Tom Waits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only sister is Tom. That's fucking <laughs> oh my god. That's incredible. You're, it's dead on. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, I I think yeah, it definitely Disney movie bad guy or like a pirate or maybe sea shanties. Yes, that was another comparison. Like it's like a really dark sea shanty. I was gonna compare them to like the Decemberists. Mm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. you kind of see a little bit of that in the Decemberists, definitely. Especially their really early stuff. Yeah, the early uh, stuff. about them. Do the Decemberists do sea shanties? Well, they do. They're like really early stuff is sort of like in that like bouncy sea shanty. Yeah, and a lot of like heavily time themed. Yeah, accordions. They like uh, mm-hmm. mandolins a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, we were dancing to it. We figured out you can pretty much, I'm not going to do it, but we found the dance that you can do to like pretty much every song. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to do, do it. We were just you like, have to do just, it, but what is it like the chicken like, dance? Like, <laughs> it's got yeah, like haunted house dance moves. Okay. Monster Mash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like Monster Mash, but take any of these songs from Rain Dogs. Perfect. Oh, oh. but kind of a creepy guy. Kind of a creepy guy. Yeah. But I heard about him in when I was in high school. They or I, maybe it was before I was in high school. I like saw this production at the high school I went to where they did a, like a Tom Waits themed concert, and it made me really uneasy. Um, but whatever, it was mission really, accomplished. Yeah, it did. Yeah, but I'm he. I'm from uh, like Northern California, and I guess that's where he lives up in, in the mountains now. Mm. One time I was at the grocery store, and someone tapped me on the shoulder. And it wasn't Tom Waits, but they were like, look, like Tom Waits is at the register right now. <laughs> and I looked and it was like this, I didn't know what he looked like, but he was this really creepy, you know, or not, he wasn't that creepy. He's probably, he's probably a sweetheart, but he was checking out. And then the funniest thing was someone walked up, like these tourists, there's like a couple walked up with a melon 
and they're like the cantaloupe and they were like can you sign this cantaloupe for me <laughs> and i think i think he did yeah <laughs> but he was probably thinking like yeah i'm gonna sign the cantaloupe for you and then what's it gonna do it's gonna rot it's gonna, rot. gonna keep a rotting cantaloupe <laughs> for me <laughs> that is so funny. oh my god yeah That's the closest I ever got, though. We're gonna we're gonna go that's, on a hunt for him later. That's pretty close. In the it same grocery store as Tom Waits. That's pretty close. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, what when you first listen through the entire album, which is that's a feat because it's like nineteen tracks long. Um, <laughs> what was your first reaction to it as a whole? I was kind of floored. Um, yeah. <laughs> Take a nap afterwards. <laughs> Drink a glass of water. Yeah, I like pulled into work and I'm like, where am I? Because <laughs> um, I usually like, listen yeah. to music. I, I usually listen to like an album like on my commute to work and occasionally like things will really take me out of it. And when I pull into work, I'm like, well, I don't know what to do with myself now. <laughs> and this was kind of one of those albums. Um, and I wanted to just keep listening to it and find all these, all the little details in the songs. And I think I really need to, I hope it comes back on Spotify because I really want to delve into it a lot more. Um, so I, re I really only got to spend like this week with it so far, but yeah, I was kind of mad at myself for not giving Tom Waits a try earlier. <laughs> I think the first time I listened to it all the way through, I was just like struck by the instrumentation. Like that was like what I loved the most about it. And yeah, just like it intrigued me so much. It made me want to listen to it like immediately again. I was like, well, now I want to listen to it again and try and see what else I can catch. Cause like there's the stuff you catch really early on, like, oh, you're like in clap hands. Like, what is that crazy? Like marimba, like why yeah. did he choose that? And then you listen again and you're like, you hear it in other places or you're like, you hear other interesting instruments that he uses in some songs and not others. And you're like, why is he doing that? And so that's like what I noticed. Yeah, that's, I think that, yeah, that was a big part of it, especially with the marimba. Yeah. And we were looking it up and it, um, just like a cool thing is the drummer that played on the album said he maybe hit a cymbal like two times. And in place of where he would put a cymbal, that's when they would play like the marimba or like where you'd play like a hi-hat or like a ride cymbal, he would incorporate. And I think maybe even with the banjo, the banjo kind of took over yeah. for the marimba at one point Yeah. in the album. It's cool because yeah, the, when the instruments come in, they like come in for parts, sections of the album and then they go out and they're replaced by other parts. Yeah. Like even a horn, like once you hear horns in one song, you start to notice them more throughout the album. Yeah. Which is, that's pretty genius. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, it works as such a whole. Yeah, yeah. when I uh, first listened through, I felt like I it lost my attention a bit on the B side, but I think that's mm -hmm. more of a mark against my own attention span than the album probably, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I thought like this was... A spectacular album i was kind of intimidated uh learning that rain dogs was the album for this because tom waits is a big name this is a this is not a new album by some obscure artist or an old album by some obscure artist yeah um, 
but I was seriously impressed. Like the entire A side, mm-hmm. I was absolutely gripped. Um, Nikki was in the room when I put this on for the first time. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> it's crazy shit that happens. Like, and it's so funky too. Yeah. Like, like um, Jockey Full of bourbon, like Bourbon. If, even if you don't listen to anything that he's saying, it's like a like a great song to just like mm-hmm. listen to, just because of the way that he like he arranged it. Which I know I already said, but like, and then he listen to lyrics, and you're like, this guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, he says the craziest <laughs> shit. I read somewhere that he like would take different signs like he'd see around New York and just like try to fit what they were saying somehow into a song. Like he would just Yeah. Like, like word of the I read day. That too. Wow. Yeah, it's like he would write down all the things he sees and then just yeah, at the end of the day put turn all of those into lyrics. Like this is my song right here. How can I put these ideas together? Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know. I we really only knew that he wrote a lot of the songs after like right after moving to New York City. So it was like, here I am in this new place. And like it's kind of crazy to think that he moved there and that mood is what he made of New York. New York in that time. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense because it was the 80s. And New York is pretty seedy in the 80s. Yeah. Definitely. Seedy scary place. So and I that was my initial, like the impact it had on me the first time I listened to the entire thing. I had to take a break in the middle and go get like a soda or something. Then I came back and listened to the rest <laughs> of it because it's a haul, you know, it's 19 tracks, it's a haul. But it's also not even just like lengthwise, it's also like it's taxing. <laughs> it's taxing to listen to because there's there's so much going on instrumentally, but also just like it's heavy emotionally as well and like pretty dark and and i mean but that's i think that's a unique aspect of it that's interesting is sort of like willingness to make music that's not just like for the masses and like top 40 pop happy whatever that's like popular it's also like let's the dark and seedy like the underbelly of society like let's make music for like like you know that type of vibe. Um, and that's why I got like Nightmare Before Christmas vibes, like very kind of like creepy vibes. And yeah, but it was, but yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Very impactful emotionally. Yeah, it's, uh, it's gritty, it's ugly. And I love that it um, even goes so far as the uh, title of the album itself. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing everybody read about that Maybe not. We could talk about it anyways. It's probably it's no, worth bringing up. What, what oh, it's it's really interesting. So the album title "Rain Dogs" itself is specifically uh, it's just the concept of people being lost in the world, of people not having a place. Idea being, um, a rain dog is uh, basically all these stray dogs out in the world, and then it rains, and now they can't find their way home because all the places they peed on have been washed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, That's interesting. I didn't know that. That makes yeah. so even yeah. with the, the, there's like an ambiguous, like vibe as to where the album is even taking place. Like some of the songs are like very New York. Like there's like Union Square, and there's like, um, there's like a couple others that are like pretty. That one that sounds like a superhero track. 
I can't think. Yeah. Of and then there's mm. like there's like Gun Street Girl and um uh what was the other one I just was talking about? Oh, oh yeah, Ninth, Ninth and Hennepin. That's my Ninth and Hennepin is in uh Minneapolis. And then Gun Street Girl, he talks about Birmingham, but he's not talking about Alabama. He's talking about Michigan. And so it's like he's in Michigan. In Midtown. What is, and then Midtown Mid is like probably New York. Yeah. But then also he references New Orleans. So it's almost like he himself. And then, well, in Rain Dogs, he says like, I'm a Rain Dog too. So he's even in all of these songs, he's like saying that he also doesn't really have a place to go. He doesn't really have a home. He's like out in the rain, mm. which is interesting. I didn't know that about the title, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That yeah, almost feels like he's singing about like the ghost of like all these people that he's encountered. Yeah. Um, like while be like traveling around the United States. Mm. That's that's such an interesting concept. It's like I you guys saying where he gets his um lyric inspiration from like road signs or like, things he's seeing around. I read something about getting his lyrics from like snippets of conversations he would hear, which I thought was a really cool idea. Oh, yeah. And that makes sense. Like if he's traveling around the US and like encountering all these like different types of people and like hearing their conversations and putting it into these songs, I think that's pretty cool. Like a tapestry of US. Yeah. Yeah. It's really like just, it's yeah, it's really just like a collage Yeah. of just like the experience of being out in a new environment or like being lost. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Were there any songs in particular that stood out to you? Why do they stick out to you? And then within that song, did you have any like lines or lyrics that were particularly moving or interesting or whatever? Mm. Ninth and Hennepin, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one, I watched the video for it and I was, Spooked. like it, it zooms out and it's it's right around when Tom Waits is talking about um the girl who has a tear on her eye one for every year that he's away and he repeats that line a couple times as it's zooming out and his umbrella is on fire above his head and then he just like cackles and he's like ah, ha, ha, nothing a hundred dollars won't fix and that line is by far my favorite of the yeah. whole album <laughs> it's I such a mood yeah <laughs> We both really like Jockey Full of Bourbon. Yeah. We're pretty partial to Jockey Full of Bourbon. I also really love Clap Hands. Clap Hands is like... Clap Hands. Oh, it's so awesome. I liked also um, Tango Till They're Sore. Yeah. Because I... Wait, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading a part... or There was a video where he played it and he introduced it as being a song about falling out of a window. Well, it says, I fall out of the window with confetti in my hair. Um, but then in the video, he's like, but the confetti that's in your hair because it's New Year's Eve or something is what breaks your fall. And I was like, that's such a, the weirdest song, like origin I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Just like the confetti, the confetti in your hair breaks your fall from falling out of a window. Yeah. Weird. I loved it. Yeah. And then you knew all of Gun Street Girl from yeah, before. Yeah, I had actually, for like my final, uh, like jury or whatever, like for my undergrad, I did a version of Gun Street Girl where I like learned it on the banjo and played it and sang it. So I did like a crazy deep dive into Gun Street Girl. So that's the one I already knew like going into this. I think it's really awesome. And I don't know. Yeah, I like Gun Street Girl a lot. I really also like, oh, also, wait, what's the one that's just like, oh, Midtown. It's just like a minute long, mm. like instrumental and that saxophone is like wailing. 
and it sounds like a woman screaming it's like fucking crazy yeah <laughs> i like that one a lot too yeah i i love all of it i love rain dogs <laughs> yeah <laughs> brady do you have one yeah so like i said earlier i i was very taken with the entire first half of the album but that was primarily for uh instrumental reasons uh just the the combination of all the wacky instrumentals and his gritty gritty voice i feel like uh on further review like i agree i think ninth and hennepin is like the lyrical powerhouse of the album Mm -hmm. um just after the one that nikki said i love uh one of the closing uh lines or stanzas i guess uh as the clock ticks out like a dripping faucet till you're full of rag water and bitters and blue ruin and you spill out over the side to anyone who will listen i i love looking over all of his lyrics and all of the uh antiquated um phrases and statements and so on to talk about um alcohol and Mm. people dying that tom waits is constantly throwing into his lyrics um i can try to skim for more examples i'm at a loss right now that i'm on the spot yeah. but there's the way we, we talked a bit about where his lyrics come from and i love the way that in the end it makes everything feel grounded in reality yeah. um, and that he loves to throw in locations and just things that he personally experienced that are just straight from that experience into a lyric Mm -hmm. um there's one where he said something like east of east st louis and someone asked him about that and he's like yeah every song's got to have a location in it yeah like that's something he said about it in an interview he's like i've never been there but every song has to have a location in it and the weather and maybe a food that you get there that's awesome it's true though you really i mean like (laughs) that you do need it's good to have locations in songwriting yeah I did forget to throw out there like I found out Ninth and Hennepin is based it it was it happened in New York but the location he had is in Minneapolis but it was like an actual shootout in the middle of a donut shop that Tom Waits just found himself in the middle of like just a a pimp came up to a donut shop and was like blowing it out with a machine gun. (laughs) Oh my it, god. Wait, and he was there? Or you just... Yeah, he was there. Well, oh, that's what's interesting too, Dumb. because these are some of the craziest stories, and it feels like there's some truth in all of it. Mm-hmm. And then it also feels like there isn't because they're so ridiculous. Like this man either has the absolute most interest most interesting life out of all of us, mm-hmm. or he runs with these little concepts and knows enough about where he's coming from to make it sound real. Yeah. Because I read that story too, and it sounds bonkers he said like people came into the store with like forks and knives and then the people threw them out and then people started shooting into the store something insane like that wow yeah i think he does live a pretty crazy life i mean there was a i was watching a i don't know he was on one of the late night shows maybe it was letterman or something and at one point he says He's like, yeah, reality's for people who can't face drugs. And it was awful. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good quote. <laughs> yeah. He's, oh, it's awesome. He has he so many good great, one-liners. Great one-liners, yeah. What's the other one? That's oh, like my good? favorite. He was, on, he was on a talk show and he had like this bottle of wine or, or it was, maybe it was bourbon or something. 
And they're like, it's rare that like we see a, a man with like a bottle in front of him. And he's like, I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a front of the bottom me. And it was great. <laughs> and they lost it. It was, oh, he probably is waiting for his whole life for someone to say that. Yeah, like what? That's awesome. I'm going to walk around with a bottle right in front of me for the rest of my life. So until someone says that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it almost makes it creepier that he's that he is pulling from reality like these actual situations that he's encountered or maybe just heard about like they're coming from somewhere but okay what's the next question where were we um oh this is a fun one how would you describe the music to someone who's never heard this album before i have a few okay i was rattling them off to nikki while we were listening to this for the first time i know and i yours are way better than anything uh, I can say, so it's this is all you <laughs> dumpster <got> jazz <laughs> landfill blues graveyard <laughs> ragtime actually i think he describes it as well as anyone else possibly could with uh, the third track on the album being titled cemetery polka yeah and that sounds just like what i would imagine a cemetery polka <laughs> exactly yeah I like dumpster jazz or landfill blues because yeah I think a lot of it's pretty bluesy landfill blues is good yeah I don't know how I would describe it I would maybe incorporate some pirate like steampunk pirate yeah sure yeah. especially yeah. in Singapore <laughs> yeah 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 Singapore and uh and the cemetery polka also yeah. is just like oh am I on a ship right now it's crazy dumpster jazz very similar to junkyard jazz which was the first EP that Trudy and the Romance put out. They literally put out oh, a you're right. called Junkyard mm-hmm. Jazz. And that's immediately what I thought of because I was just like, I, that comparison, Nikki was so accurate. Like it really is. Next one is also fun. This is my favorite is like, what other artists would you recommend to people based on this album? Um, I think I've already talked about Trudy and the Romance enough to, you know, that's one that I would throw out there. Mm. Um, I was just, and I said the Decembers earlier. And then my last one, which I don't know if Nikki will remember this, but just the the piano on the organ in this reminded me of like a saloon piano. And there's a particular pitchfork review that really cracked me up in college um, about Jack White. And it was like the closest thing to a roast I've ever read on that site about Jack White's album, <laughs> Boarding, Boarding House Reach. And I could oh, yeah. barely get through it reading it because it was made me laugh so hard. But there's a line that's like, after pounding on a saloon piano for a minute, he turns his fedora backwards, stoops to the camera <laughs> and offers this. And it's talking about Jack White, like rapping on his album or whatever. But I would, I think- Oh I would yeah, why did he have to do that? That was such a bad move, <laughs> Jack White. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do what you're telling me about that, Karina. I, I got a kick out of that one for sure. It's such a brutal review. It's really entertaining to um, to read. Mm. I think but, I want to say maybe that he had hoped that that would be a song he would work on with Jay-Z. And then he never <laughs> got around to getting Jay-Z to do it. Yeah. And then he decided that he quite helped out on Lemonade. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um i'm really trying to think about anybody who i think sounds like tom waits Mm. this isn't very original because it's the first person that they list on spotify as related but i was thinking about nick cave um yeah 
I, I don't, I don't think that's very much a hot take at all, but, um, so I, would, I guess I would also say like, I would try to listen to other artists that I had thought were too much for me. And it kind of made me want to try, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but it makes me want to like revisit things that I thought were, that I didn't get when I was younger. It's yeah. definitely yeah. probably like any like sort of like folk punk type artist. Maybe I, I feel like probably a lot of folk punk people probably take some influence from like Tom Waits. I don't know. That's like a reach. I yeah. don't even listen to folk punk, so. <laughs> I only know when I was introduced to Tom Waits, it was in the trio of Tom Waits. Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen and I know they're not similar but they all are like kind of poets turned songwriters more Leonard Cohen than Bob Dylan probably but like it just like pretty uncompromising songwriters with like un not, not normal voices or like songwriting approaches yeah um but oh who else god I literally can't think of a single musician Nick Nick Cave but uh, there's a, I don't know if John, John Cooper Clark is another, he's like a British poet. And then he made a couple albums where he like put his poetry to music and they're kind of, they're not Tom Waitsy, but it's like, oh, listen to this dude that's trying his best to sing. <laughs> with a weird voice. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, that it's really difficult. Like folk too. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say like maybe Leonard Cohen. Mm. Um, I even tried Googling this just to see if I could find anything I agreed with. And one of the top results was Nicolas Cage. I don't know how that happened. Was that, was that supposed to be Nick Cave? Yeah, maybe search algorithms, <laughs> like finding Nick Cave and then names like Nick Cave. Nicholas, or Nicolas Cage. Maybe he's trying something new right now. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, Leonard Cohen's probably the best I have. Mm. And Leonard Cohen got kind of spooky later on in his career. In the 80s. Yeah. I guess they were kind jazz of please. operating at yeah. the same time. Yeah, like Jazz Police. Jazz Police. That was like... Some weird stuff. And that was 80s, right? That was like yeah. when this was also happening. Yeah, I think... Yeah, Leonard Cohen made like his synthy electronic album in like the late 80s. Yeah. So maybe he was borrowing a little bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe Tom Waits set him free. <laughs> He's like, break out the drum machines. I'm gonna smoke a thousand cigarettes and make this really weird album. <laughs> In what situation would you recommend someone listen to this album? Where would they have to be? What mood would they have to be in? It's really not a party album. Yeah. Like, if you put this on, at, like, <laughs> you're a the party, wrong parties, Maddie. <laughs> it's a party album at our house, yeah. but if you put this on at like a regular party, people would be like, "What the fuck are we listening to?" <laughs> I feel like you have to be like really like ready to hear some crazy shit to listen mm. to this album. But I would recommend this album to everybody because I think this album is so awesome. Yeah, I think there, are, there are so many. There are like a couple albums that are like so invasive in your mind that a couple of people have recommended albums and, and they're just like, go home, turn off the lights, lay in bed <laughs> and listen to all of this straight start to finish. Yeah. That's probably the best way to recommend it. Yeah. That I would do it. <laughs> yeah. I really, really, really liked this album. I, uh, I think anyone who wants to say they're into music 
should be told to listen to it should be told <laughs> to listen to tom waits i think if they have no idea what they're getting into maybe they should uh dip their toes in the water a little bit with a a couple of his other songs well, you need to preface it maybe yeah just if if nothing else just to get an idea of what you're getting into so maybe maybe one of his big old folk ballads from one of his first albums and then like personally my favorite song by him uh it's not on this album it's a little drop of poison be like i'm shrek too <laughs> yeah was that one in shrek too that's the one in shrek too oh my god <laughs> I, I keep uh, no was a <laughs> sorry i'm short-circuiting now hearing oh, no. <laughs> this this exact same thing happened to me when i got into bowie and i listened to the song changes and someone near me was like, like oh, this was in shrek i was like oh my god no wait that's also in shrek too right i think yeah yeah, yeah. human and yeah. i was reminded of it in the exact same way that's awesome that's amazing um, yeah time is a flat circle um but yeah probably something to that effect i would not hesitate to recommend this album to someone but i think maybe they should at least know what they're getting into first mm-hmm. i recommended it to a friend last night actually um we were talking about i don't know how we got on the subject of this i think we were talking about like playing guitar here or something <laughs> but um we were talking about how she and i really don't have a concept for how much detail work goes into playing the drums and like we don't really have a good understanding of how a drummer would mm. compose a piece of music and we're, we're like yeah we'd rather like do guitar or sing or something yeah. um so I, I started recommending this album to her because I was like the rhythm on this was so unlike anything I've ever heard before like I, I think you should try it but I also prefaced it like if you don't like it on the first try, like give it another chance, like af- after like a few days or years, whatever, um, just have some time to settle it in. But it's very okay if like you don't like it at the start. I think, and there are some other really good Tom Waits songs to to try out if, you, if you're not ready. Yeah. We really, we always listen to, he has a song called The Piano Has Been Drinking, which is just an inc- like an incredible song. And it's a lot more easy on the ears too. Um, that I wish was on uh, Rain Dogs also, so I could talk about it. <laughs> it's just a good, just a good e- extra listen. Yeah. Well, plus now he's TikTok famous, so. Oh, they've yeah, been using that. Song. Is he really? Is he building in there. Yeah. But that whole song is a trip. That song is crazy. <laughs> but, uh, that's a good way to be like, oh yeah, you like that TikTok sound? Here, let, let me listen to the let whole song. Rain Dogs. <laughs> and then, yeah. like, I wonder no. if you think Tom Waits knows what TikTok is? No, probably not. He's like, he just like a little cuckoo clock in the corner of his room. TikTok. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I thought you were saying he was on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he himself was. TikTok I need to see famous. this. He's like, what's up, TikTok? <laughs> it's just him walking down the street, like <laughs> calling out random shit. He's kicking like a burning tire down. <laughs> yeah, look at this guy over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be it would be insane. Yeah. Um, follow him. I, yeah, I would absolutely follow him. He'd be okay. famous, TikTok famous. <laughs> but okay, that's that's all. Basically, all the questions. Any final thoughts or comments you want to make about Rain Dogs before we wrap up? 
There is one. Oh, what is that movie called that, that, that he's in now? The Ballad of Buster oh, Scruggs. Oh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I loved that. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. You know the old, and the gold Hello, mining scene. Mr. Yeah. Yeah, that's in right. Tom Waits. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Pocket. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's what yeah, I'd recommend cool. for the Tom Waits. Watch viewing. the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, that whole like short story series. They were yeah. all, the mood of them all was like very fits with this album, fits with Tom Waits for sure. Those were yeah. great. They're so weird. They're so insane and like dark. Mm. And it's no surprise that he would be on board with it. Absolutely. Yeah. That fits so perfectly. I didn't know that, but it just, in my brain, it just absolutely fits 100%. Nothing uh, particularly interesting or new, but I read a number of uh, his interview excerpts on songs off of this album. And this one I think is really interesting and I wanted to find an excuse to say it earlier. So I just want to throw this out there right now because yeah. I he just has the most fascinating uh, way of speaking, I think. And I love his ideas. So Cemetery Polka, this is him describing the song. Someone once said that the living are just the dead out on holidays. And this is as if all your dead relatives came back from the grave and you owed them all money. Oh, <laughs> shit. that's terrifying. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you owe them all money. That's awesome. Oh my god. Oh, wait, I want to look at I'll look at the lyrics set later. That's incredible. I feel like later on the album he says, like, ah, there's Uncle Vernon. I owe him a lot of money. That follows. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Well, thanks. Thank you to Winkler for suggesting this album for this month, for enlightening yeah. us, or at least enlightening me to the, the magic of Tom Waits. Um, <laughs> the mad genius of Tom Waits. Um yeah. And this album and thanks to nikki and brady for coming on and being brilliant commentators as always um, it's good to different. be here yeah Wonderful. this is great thanks yeah for having us. thank you so much this is a blast yeah well have a good rest of your weekend everybody thank and you you too Wonderful. until next time Bye. all right